Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Mizzou Sports Podcast, presented by the Columbia Daily Tribune. Welcome back to the Mizzou Sports Podcast. I know it's been a while since we've done the last one, just like the one before that. Uh, But this time we bring you some good news. Last time we podcast, we talked about the firing of Conzo Martin. Kind of a different day for Mizzou Athletics, but now it's a different day for the Columbia Daily Tribune. Uh, with me, I have the new Mizzou beat writer, Matt Stahl. He's in his second week on the job, and he's already done a great job so far. Welcome, Matt. Welcome to Columbia. I know we've already welcomed you in your own way, but welcome Thank you. Again. Thank you. Glad to be here. I thought you said you were going to give him good news. Like, when's the good news? <laughs> we wait, well, we're still waiting on the good news. Well, uh, I mean... Good news for me. I don't oh, know. Right. I, like, I like having a pod- <laughs> podcast co-host. looks good to me. But, uh, yeah, Matt, uh, I know we'll get into a little bit about Matt, where he comes from, and um, all, all the good stuff, too. But uh, we we're just so happy to have him here. Uh, we're, hope- we're hoping that uh, the podcast can take a new uh, fun direction, too, with uh, with Matt under his leadership. Uh, this is going to be his baby. Uh, I'll continue to be his co-host. I'll come on and have my terrible takes, and you can listen to me ramble about how miserable Notre Dame and the Bears make me. So, um, but but for right now, we're going to jump into a few things so you guys can get to know Matt a little bit more. Uh, what do you say? We got ten questions that we had submitted by a mailbag. Uh, shout out to photojournalist Madeline Carter helped me put that together uh, for for this specific episode of the Mizzou Sports Podcast. You ready? Yeah. Ten let's, burning questions. Let's ten, go. Let's go. Ten burning questions for Matt. Uh, first off, and this is uh, ranging from a lot of personal questions to also some that. Uh, submitted questions about Mizzou athletics. Uh, we not going to get to all of them. Thank you for whoever did submit. I appreciate you. Um, I know there's ones like you know thoughts on the thicker kicker burger. Uh, you haven't had that yet, right? No, no, I've not. And honestly, after googling it, I you know it's a lot. And see, the, my thoughts are it's a lot. I don't know. That I'm going to order one. Uh, you know, frankly, I thought the same thing, but I tried it. It's I think at the time when we talked about it, it was like a one and done. You know, mm-hmm. like the Zion Williamson of burgers. Like it's as good. It's big. Yeah. It's very hefty. But I probably wouldn't order it. Um, but in any case, question number one. Uh, how are you like Missouri so far? Also, where are you from? Uh, I'm from Nashville, Tennessee, originally. I've been in Louisville, Kentucky the last couple of years covering horse racing. Um, like in Missouri, it's good. I'm unbelievably happy to be back on Central Time because I was on. I spent about two years on Eastern Time, and it's awful. Everything's bad. Like, there's no reason basketball games should start at 10:30 p.m. It's just, yeah. Yeah, set, set God's time zone back back here. God's time zone also, I mean, it, it's also much better for watching stuff like Pac-12 After Dark. Yes. Uh, um, and specifically, as I mean, I was on uh, Mountain Time, and that was a lot of fun because games would start at 6 o'clock and get over by 9, and you're like, I can I like, I like can go to bed early. Look at this. I can get eight hours. Uh, that never happened because uh, I'm a degenerate. So, um, 
but uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, number two, also going into what do you like? What do you like about Columbia so far? And what's been the favorite thing to do around town? Oh, um, I went out to, is it Grindstone Nature Area? Yeah, went out, had a real good hike there. I'm a hiker. I like to, I, I hate running is the deal. So I walk to stay in shape because I get the same feeling that I did after running, but like my knees don't hurt. So yeah, shout out to Grindstone. It's a good spot to walk. Yeah, uh, I, I think you're going to find out there's a few, uh, I would say like some other good places around too. Um, if you're like Lake of the Ozarks, I've been there. Beautiful place to go. Uh, a lot of other cool stuff to, to visit. It's so nice to hear that. Uh, you're staying a lot more fit than I am, that's for sure. Uh, and going on to number three, going into the food section of the questions, the favorite place you've eaten yet in Columbia, Missouri? Uh, sub shop so far. Really like sub oh. shop. Had that for lunch yesterday. Yeah, got the Philly cheesesteak. It was pretty good. Had the cheese whiz on it. I was all about it. Wow. I was actually wasn't expecting that. I was expecting, uh, honestly, I was expecting Booch's. I like Booch's. Booch's was good. I didn't like as much as the sub shop. There you have it. Yeah. Not a hot take because <laughs> sub shop is very good. Uh, but this is the next question. I know that we talked about this before, and this will maybe upset some people. Which is your favorite pizza place in Columbia? Emos. E- it's Emos. Provel supremacy. Yeah, my mom's from the St. Louis area, so like I had it growing up. I'm a big fan. I think. St. Louis is the best regional pizza, like point blank period. It's like the best pizza you can get in the United States. And yeah, thrilled to be back in Columbia where we have a location. And there you have it. That is a hill to die in if I've ever heard one. Uh, so before we you know, get any more uh, hot takes on food, let's go to your favorite sports teams, which is the next question. Yeah. Um, NFL. Green Bay Packers is like the family team for my dad. I like the Tennessee Titans too, you know, growing up there. But at one point, my grandma threatened me. And I was like, I think I like the Titans more than the Packers. And she's like, no, you don't. <laughs> Absolutely you don't. <laughs> she, yeah, she's like threatening to write me out the will. I'm, I'm young at this point. So, oh. yeah, I'm Green, Green Bay Packers. Okay. Uh, I, As a Bears fan, um, yeah. I just know that that comes with – you know, you basically own my franchise. So yeah, um, yeah, and, and nothing else. It's been they've won a Super Bowl during my lifetime, and I still associate cheering for them with just endless pain. Oh, same. Just just wasting incredible starting quarterbacks. Well, yeah, uh, sad times. When, when other teams, uh, big Nashville Predators fan in hockey, um, Chicago Cubs. My dad grew up uh, Chicago suburbs. So I picked that one up, I guess, because Nashville doesn't have a baseball team. Yeah. Yet? Maybe. Yeah. No, I don't think that's going to happen. Well, I just speaking as I remember the whispers of a MLB team coming to Vegas were uh, prevalent. I can't remember if it was last year or yeah. before that. But yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, as a White Sox fan, I have to contractually, uh, right. contractually obligated to say, hey, we beat the Cubs yesterday. Anyway. Um, Everybody beats the Cubs. No, it's, <laughs> well, it's no now, big feat. <laughs> now, yeah. About two years ago, that wasn't the case. True. Um, but uh, then going a little bit more, a little bit more of a personal question. I know why. Why did you choose to cover Mizzou? Uh, I mentioned I was covering horse racing. Yeah, yeah. The athletes can talk. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the that's a big deal. No, I you know I I love SEC sports. I love college sports in general. Uh, you know, it's the it's what I spend most of my time on when I'm not doing anything else is consuming 
college sports, particularly college football content. So I figure, you know, why not try to make some stuff I like myself? Yeah. Well, I mean, this goes into the next one for Mizzou fans. We have to, it's a yes or no question, but have you listened to We Are Mizzou by the fifth down? Yes. Yes. Sadly, my ears, my ears have been cursed. We were talking about this in the group chat last night about like what, like the worst of those, like late, like late 2000s, early 2010s, like college basketball anthems, which there were far too many of was the worst. Uh, We Are Mizzou is not like the very bottom rung because of Teach Me How to Jimmer exists yeah i forgot that was a thing yeah yeah it was was awful yeah even after in utah for two years where there are i mean this isn't legit but there are statues of jimmer in every single utah city going all the way from southern all the way to northern utah um that actually surprises me i've never heard of that you know teach me how to jimmer because i don't know exactly what goes into it but uh, i'm surprised you think we are mizzou is is, uh, below that no, I, th- I think we are Mizzou's better than that. One. Oh, period. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. Wait, teach me how to jimmer was awful, and it's like the. Have you seen it? No. Oh, it's just some guy turned teach me how to Dougie into teach me how to jimmer, and they did about the worst dancing and just this <laughs> atrocious low budget music video of them just wearing jimmer jerseys. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's awful. Don't listen to it. Okay. Well, uh, the best one, and this is not. I'm not a Kentucky fan. Don't come at me just because I've been in Kentucky and saying this. Do the John Wall is like a banger. Like that song, that song rocks. And that was kind of the same era too. So the bar was set. Yeah, we are we are Mizzou's bad, but it's it's certainly not the worst there though. Okay, I'm sure I'm sure uh, Fifth Down can respect can, right. can respect it. Uh, but but moving into a little bit more about um, current. Mizzou athletics in general, especially when it comes to football. Obviously, we've got uh, what three, three, four months away from football season. Uh, we're heading into a summer where we're still figuring out the fine-tuning parts of the roster, and we'll we'll get into that a little bit later on the podcast too. Uh, but this the eighth question I thought it was interesting. Uh, what is your SEC power ranking for football? Uh, is, Mizzou, is Mizzou in the top five? And I think we're going to limit this to the SEC East, just because yeah. uh, I don't know if they're in the top five of the SEC right now. No. Yeah, the answer is no. They're not in the top five. Uh, yeah, we can power rank the East. Do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Yeah, you go ahead. Go ahead. All right. I, I, I worked on this. I sat and sat and thought about this a little bit. So the East, uh, Georgia, obviously, right. who I don't think is like as good as Alabama this year, but you're going to win the East, I think. Uh, Kentucky, second. You got your quarterback coming back. You got a lot of guys coming back actually, and it's a similar kind of pro style offense to what they were running so mm-hmm. they should not threaten georgia at all but still be second in the east uh tennessee you got your qb coming back uh it'll at least be fun they, i don't think they'll you know i think they benefit from uh florida still being down to make it to the third spot uh which brings me to florida who i don't think they're like going to be like really really awful but I don't think they're going to be that good either. Like it's going to, it's definitely a rebuilding year for them. If what they're doing is actually rebuilding this time around, we'll see. Then it's tricky because I'd say Mizzou like goes there probably, but it depends on South Carolina. Like if South Carolina seems like they're a prime kind of regression candidate, if that makes any sense. No, yeah, it does. Um, but like I, I don't know what a like. In the era of the portal, 
and stuff like is that still as much of a concern that just like you overachieved with the talent you had in one season because like it you know it changes more you can bring in more talent right uh so I, I'd say Mizzou, then South Carolina, and then v- Vanderbilt. Yeah, we we no no introductions. Yeah, no, Vanderbilt. I don't think they're winning an SEC game this year. If if they do, they should storm the field. That well, I, all eighteen of the fans in the stands. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I I mean after losing to what was it East Tennessee State last year? Yes, I, I think that it's like okay, well yep. there's nowhere you can go up or up. Um, I'm a big big Clark Lee fan, obviously for yeah. these reasons. I uh, love the guy, but he got a lot of work. Yeah, you. I just I just remember last year, like there was a group of weird brain internet college football folks going to the um, Vandy UConn game, who discovered that while the ticket to the Vandy UConn game was three dollars on you know whatever, like back like aftermarket prices, uh, the parking pass was like twenty five. <laughs> So you paid more to park than he did to watch the game. Yes, yes. Uh, the market, the market demand says people are demanding not to go to the game, but just to park next to the football stadium. Huh. That, um, wow. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. That uh, not checks out, but that a little surprising. Yeah. But, uh, but in any case, I will refute uh, a little bit of that because uh, obviously, I in my top five, uh, what mirrors it a little bit is Georgia than Kentucky. Okay. I. I by the day, especially after the NFL draft, I'm becoming more and more of a Will Levis fan uh, because I, I like how he runs. Yeah. Uh, if he throws any better than he did last year, then they're winning eight games. Like, you really don't have to do that much. Uh, Georgia, obviously, um, I know, but how many, how many other defenders got drafted? It was like uh, a 10 or 11 of their uh, defensive players last year got drafted in the in the NFL draft this past weekend. Yeah. I mean, that's incredible, but yeah. that's also a lot of players you got to. That's true. They've also hit that just absolute death star recruiting level where like it doesn't it doesn't matter that much. No, yeah. They've got they've got other guys. And there's there's got to be someone that like didn't start, you know, on the defensive line that that's like okay, like sure you have like Nicobe Dean and that kind of stuff, but there's probably someone behind them being like, yeah, I'm next. Cool. Yeah. Uh so obviously Georgia is is there. They're winning it. Kentucky's right next. I I'd, I'd say it's a toss up for 3 in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I really it also it also really depends on how much better Mizzou's defense is under Blake Baker. And I think that's the key only because I know there's a, like in, you mentioned in the era of the portal, yeah. how many different players can come in and you can just add to it. I really think that Mizzou has his chance to fight for that third spot. And I think a lot of it comes down to whether or not the pass rush can stay consistent and can stay healthy, yeah. but also what a guy like uh, Tyrone and Tyron Hopper, two guys that they brought in. Okay. Like those kinds of players that have played power five football before. Sure. How do they come in to the full of this defense? Because they can, I mean, if they can come in and play well, then you're like, okay, they're not, you know, they're already replacing holes in the defense. They're not fighting for spots. Those guys are entrenched and all really good players. So the defense is improved. Yeah. I could see them fighting for third. But also, I think Tennessee, I mean, building off of what they had last year, I could see them going for eight, nine wins too. Yeah. And then after that, I, I like I like South Carolina a lot. I think they're a really fun team, especially when Special Rattler comes in. And you're just kind of like, let's see what happens. Yeah. But I, I don't think it's enough to to get past the likes of Tennessee, which is really I mean really fast, really quick. And then you have Mizzou, which I mean, if quarterback one is solved and they can come in and complete passes, then you've got a moving offense. 
but then moving on to the back end of the SEC East, where obviously I think Florida is not going to be very good this year, especially after Emory Jones transferred, and then you have Vanderbilt. Yeah. So, I guess the issue for Mizzou this year is like they got Georgia in in Missouri. Uh, I don't think it matters. No, uh, it doesn't. Know, if, I, if I had to make prediction, but I mean they got to go to Tennessee, they can go to South Carolina, they can go to Florida. So you know they're at that disadvantage there. They got Kentucky at home. I don't know that it matters once yeah. again. Uh, Kentucky's nowhere near as good as Georgia, obviously, but but still, still it's, they're still real good. Yeah, and yeah, I I think Will Levis has got it. Like he he's gonna be a draft pick. I, Oh yeah, easily a first round draft pick. I mean, we I mean we watched what Kenny Pickett go in the first round. Yeah, there's no way that Will Levis is is not better and has. Yeah, if Will Levis had come out this year, he may have been the first QB in the draft. He would have been, I think. I think that's I think that's pretty fair to say. Uh, and then, so there there's question number eight, and then we can move on to question number nine, which specifically coming to 2022, we're going to limit it to football because it was a little bit open ended. But what game in 2022 are you most excited to cover? I'd say Tennessee because it's you know close enough to my home. I'm from Nashville, where my so I could probably go see my family on that trip a little bit. And, you know, oh, Neyland Stadium's a cool experience. So right, it can be fun to cover a game there. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing against like covering games at Mizzou. It's just like you know the travel's always I think part of what you look forward to. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, and you'll I mean you'll be covering a ton of games at Furrow Field, um, but it, it's also nice to see how other cultures and how other sec fan bases are yes yeah uh yes. i mean i can also speak. knoxville elite beer city got some good beers oh no, i'll write that down really quick all right uh, i mean well and and but i mean even to speak from experience i mean when we went to kansas to cover the border war when it came back i mean that that was just insane yeah that was electric that's beyond exactly what you look for in a college environment and that's just college basketball but when it comes to college football i I agree with you on that one. I think Neyland is, is, is a place that I have on my bucket list, at least. So, um, And then that's number nine. And then number 10, this is a very interesting one. Because we know Tyler Beatty is a big Looney Tunes fan. And he ranked all the Looney Tunes characters from best to worst. I know you probably can't go through every single one of them because there's a lot of them. No. But can you rank them yourself in your own little way? I can give you, I'll give you a top three and then like a clearly the worst Looney Tunes character. <laughs> go for it. All right. Uh, so go top three. Um, number, you want me to start three? Yeah, three. Three to one. All right. I like uh, Wiley Coyote. You okay. Know, I've been uh, kind of the Vanderbilt football of Looney Tunes <laughs> characters, but like. You know, impressive resilience. He, he never stops trying, even though, like, he should definitely be dead. After that, second, uh, Bugs Bunny. I mean, it's pretty much the safe choice. The Mickey Mouse of Looney Tunes. Yeah, pretty, yeah, pretty much. It's real easy. Although, can I um, drop a hot take on this podcast? Space Jam. Not good. Not a good movie. Uh, One or two. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't watch two. Uh wasn't real impressed with one. I may have been a little too young to like fully get one because like there's people like like seven years older than me who think it's like the pinnacle of cinema, but I don't like it at all. Uh, I, I mean, and to continue off your hot take, I, I think Looney Tunes and Space Jam really took a different turn when I realized what the the part it played in Michael Jordan's comeback after watching The Last Dance. So I have a newfound weirdly respect for it. Yeah. I am indifferent on that movie because it is part of my childhood and I don't know how to feel about it sometimes. Yeah. But feel free to keep dropping hot, drop hot, dropping hot takes if you have them. All right. And uh, number one, Foghorn Leghorn. 
Wow. I just I just appreciate the I just appreciate how he sounds. I've, 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 growing up in you know Tennessee, you meet a lot of foghorn leghorns. And <laughs> I'd imagine different different shapes and sizes too. Oh yeah, yeah. No, they're not all giant chickens. Uh, you know, on occasion, I'm not. I, I mean, if <laughs> not you, saying giant chickens don't exist. I, I mean, if you find a giant chicken that talks, I mean that. That would be something. But who who's the worst? The absolute Pepe Le Pew. Oh, like it's, I mean, in every episode, like this man, this skunk is just out here, like he said, committing crimes, really, <laughs> and not even not even like fun crimes, like creepy crimes. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, this is an anti Pepe Le Pew podcast. I think <laughs> this is now Matt's podcast, and the number one rule is there is no Pepe Le Pew talk. Yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, and those are those are the ten questions we wanted to get through. Uh, thank you, everyone who submitted them. There were a lot of fun. Uh, there are a couple others uh, that we'll probably get to a little bit in different capacities too. Uh, one of them we can address right now too is uh, not one for the for Matt specifically, but will I still cover Mizzou uh, women's basketball and other sports? Yeah, I'll, I'm still involved. You're not going to get rid of me that easily. Uh, I still like dropping terrible columns, uh, and Matt will probably get sick of me. But um, and we'll we'll talk a little bit more about another question, uh, which was, what did you think about the hirings and firings for SEC basketball? Uh, additionally, how do you feel about Robin Pynchon's situation with Asia Blackwell transferring? We can go into that a little bit more, too. Uh, this person would like to hear both our takes on this, and this is something we'll get into when we come back. So, John, question. With Auburn firing Gus Malzahn, it leaves Ed Ogeron as the SEC's only coach who has beaten Nick Saban. Who's going to be the next SEC coach to beat Saban? Well, I don't think it'll be the guy that a lot of people think it will be, Jimbo Fisher, Texas A&M. I like Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. He almost beat Saban last year, and he almost beat Saban when he was at Tennessee. Fisher promised he was going to thump Saban's rump whenever Alabama comes to College Station. I think he's got a shot. He improved Texas A&M to 9-1 last year. He's got a national championship to his name. If Haynes King is the real deal, he's got an early opportunity in October to beat Nick Saban. Look at Saban's track record for losses. It's usually to a great quarterback. Cam Newton, Johnny Manziel, or Joe Burrow. Matt Corral at Ole Miss, I think, could be the best quarterback in the league. I'm Blake Topmeyer, and this is SEC Football Unfiltered, a new podcast from the USA Today Network. Each week, we'll discuss the hottest topics that matter to the passionate fan bases of the SEC. I've covered the SEC for eight years. As for my co-host, longtime sports columnist John Adams. Let's just say he's got a few decades on me. Not as many decades as some people think. Contrary to popular opinion, I did not cover General Nealon, but I did interview Bear Bryant and I interviewed Nick Saban and I covered Archie Manning and Peyton Manning. More insightful interview, John. Bear Bryant, Archie Manning, Steve Spurrier, or Johnny Majors. Gotta go with Steve Spurrier there. He's the great quipster. SEC Football Unfiltered debuts this summer. Let John and I be your tour guides from the season opener through the national championship. Subscribe and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, Matt. Welcome back, Chris. Thank you. 
uh, we'll get into one of the questions uh, that was uh, submitted to us about women's basketball, one that I know we haven't addressed on this podcast yet just because we've kind of lapsed as we've waited for Matt to make his grand debut. Uh, but uh, but we'll also play Would You Rather, which right. is going into a another part of uh, the SEC where we had a very, very long offseason full of a lot of coaching changes, Mizzou being one of them. And uh, we'll start with uh, the situation when we talk about women's basketball, which is uh, Asia Blackwell has left the program. She has transferred. She's going to Baylor. But not only has Asia Blackwell left, but Izzy Higginbottom has gone too. She has transferred to Arkansas State. Ladeja Williams is going to LSU. So Mizzou will play her uh, at some point next season. And then you had Kaya Duro, a talented freshman who was a pretty good defensive player, didn't really get much playing time. She is going to Colorado State. Uh, so these four players are gone. Now Mizzou has to obviously fill the void uh, that each brought. Kaya obviously brought in a freshman presence, kind of future of the program. So did Izzy Higginbottom. So as a player who came in with offensive capabilities, I think she scored something like 57 points in a high school game in Batesville, Arkansas. But uh, she also grew immensely as a defender. That's gone. The future, the, the future of those next three, four years of those players are now gone as well as Ladeja Williams, a reliable post presence who had probably one of the most uh, old school post games, I think, in the SEC. Reliable, too. Asia Blackwell is the biggest one. I mean, she was a star. I mean, there's no other way to describe it. That's, uh, well, I think it was like 15.3 points per game and like 13 rebounds per game. Uh, among the nation's leaders in both, um, I think what you can take away from the situation, and um, it, it's, it's difficult, but it's not impossible. And I know we talked a little bit about the portal in the first part of the podcast too, so I'm interested in seeing what your what your thoughts are on this. Is I mean, you have a star player that transfers out. How do you replace that player? Do you replace that immediately? Go to the portal and say, well, here are two veteran players who played for you know maybe a star in a mid major, or uh, was a backup for a power five program, an SEC program in this case. Let's say, would you rather replace with the star at the mid major level? or multiple players from the SEC level that, okay, now you're getting a chance to start. See, I don't, I don't know that it's like, I don't know that I even go into it like thinking like that, you know, like all things being equal, like I guess go mid-major star because they've proven they can like really do it. But like who fits your program better is like the, like the true answer. Like who fits your systems, what you're trying to do. Like I don't just like go like, oh, I mean, they were dropping, you know, 30 points a game at, you know, Western Kentucky. Shout out the alma mater. Uh, like, I, I, don't, I don't do that. I try to, you know, what, do they fit what we're trying to do? I think it's going to be the, that's the number one question. Yeah. Um, and obviously it's a little bit different, too. Obviously it's not uh, as cut and dry as, well, these players didn't like the program throughout. Um, I, I know... And you can think back to women's basketball in the program and what happened in the back end of the, of the season where this team upsets number one overall South Carolina at home, probably the biggest win for this athletic season here for, for Mizzou Athletics. And then a month and a half later, you have four players who are, are cited for drug possession. And um, and then you also have um, Asia Blackwell, who, who missed uh, also another game and also was benched for, I believe it was the first half or the first quarter. Uh, came off the bench um, for uh, not living up to the program standards uh, set by Coach Robin Pinchton. And, uh, and, and this is the kind of thing where it's like, well, what, what went wrong here? Is it, and to me, it's, it's not as simple as a player got angry or a player got mad and decided to transfer out. 
uh, because they got in trouble. And I, I don't think that was the case, only because, um, I mean, sitting in the press conference after Mizzou lost to Drake in the WNIT, I mean, you're watching your star player uh, audibly and physically just break down crying. You can see how much success meant to her. And, and um, it's a big reason why she transferred to Baylor. She just wants to go to an NCAA tournament, have that success. And you can't, I mean, you can't fault that in a player. I don't think you can fault that of anybody. But um, and in this case, specifically, too, with Asia, with how good she is, um, I mean, she's going to do great things at Baylor. Um, Melissa Smith was there for, for a long time. She's a great player now in the WNBA. But uh, when you look at what she's going to bring to a Baylor, that matchup nightmare, which was why she was so good at Mizzou, the ability to shoot, the ability to rebound, to play in the post, but to also play in the mid-range as well. Uh, and I can't can't help but think that it, when the clock's kick, ticking down against Drake, she has the ball in her hands. If uh, that min, that mid range shot just sank, and they move on to the WNIT, are they still there? Is she still a Mizzou Tiger? And the words of Kanye West, I guess we'll never know. Yeah, <laughs> but Baylor also they pulled uh, Dre Edwards from Kentucky, and another player whose name and no, former I, I, school escapes me right I, at this second. Yeah, but. Like they're gonna be like, can we get some early odds on like Baylor Natty? Like, I, I mean, it's up there with South Carolina as much as much of the chagrin of Mizzou women's basketball fans who really just don't like Don Staley. Uh, it, it it's up there. It's up there, and I wouldn't. I mean, I'm thinking they're gonna be a number one seed in the tournament next year if all if everything goes according to plan. Yeah. Um, but and it's it's an interesting time for women's basketball because you have last year after the NCAA tournament with Mizzou basketball there's a max exodus of players where you had Jeremiah Tillman uh, Drew Smith Xavier Pinson uh, a lot of starters just decide uh, Mark Smith another one decide okay it's we're moving on from the program and that led to what the season was last year where you had a lot of mid-major players come in and try to piece together a roster and hope you can hold on until the Aiden Shaw comes in and and can team up with the Kobe Brown and, and, and say, okay, well, this is the team and this is the team we're going to roll with. But um, obviously it was the last the last season Conzo Martin coached in Columbia. Uh, but it's not the same because it was only four players and the, the heart, I don't want to say the heart, but a good, a good amount of the team is still there for women's basketball. Haley Troop is there at point guard, as well as Haley Frank, one of the best three-point shooters in the nation. Uh, and now you're bringing in Avery Cronkey, who is a Rockbridge grad, kind of following in the Sophie Cunningham footsteps uh, of part of, okay, well, she's a really good defensive player, and how is she going to make her mark at Mizzou basketball? And same with um, uh, the, the rest of the the class coming in. And, and I know Coach Pinchon kind of mentioned that they're going in the transfer portal, just like literally every other school in the nation uh, at this point, too. So, uh, But that, that kind of leads me into the next part of this question or next part of the back end of the podcast where I want to play would you rather all right uh, and this is would you rather it uh, one of the questions directed to us was uh, what, what did you think about the hirings and firings in SEC for basketball um, to me uh, on both sides I mean when you watch uh, Gary Barta leave Texas A&M for women's basketball and then get uh, replaced by Joni Taylor from, from Georgia where you have one SEC school poaches another SEC school's coach you're kind of like okay well there's the power dynamic there but for men's basketball, obviously, you had a lot of openings. And I'm going to miss a couple because it's been a long time. And they have all gotten filled since then. Uh, I believe it was LSU, Mizzou, Mississippi State. I uh, want to say Florida, Georgia by default. And there's one more that I'm missing. And I do apologize. Um, but uh, with so much turnover, with so much 
going on and you having to pick a new coach for uh, a, a program which is or a, a conference which is extremely tough to win in uh, obviously with the Kentuckys all the way down but uh, if would you rather would you rather poach an established mid-major coach who has gone to multiple NCAA tournaments or would you rather give a power five assistant coach their first full-time job even though they haven't had the opportunity to lead a program before would you rather once again it depends right like where like if i'm you know there's a successful mid-major coach but like he's so far outside like my region uh you know he's never recruited and like you know i'm not gonna go like oh this guy's a successful coach out in like california let's bring him to you know the middle of alabama and see if it works i, I but at the same time, like just because somebody's like, you know, in a Power Five program, that's not that's not necessarily going to be it either. Because yeah, it's I'm looking for who once again who's the best program fit. Not to be the most like boring co-host on earth, but like yeah, like you know the the Kenny Payne hire at Louisville. Like he's not been that like level head coach before, but. But he's, you know, in the region, and it, you know, it aggravates your biggest rival. That's, oh, yeah. That's big, too. I think that's what I'm for. Like, whichever, whatever coaching option aggravates my biggest rival, like, makes the most, like, if you're Mizzou, Kansas fans mad on the internet, like, that's what I'm going for. It's the final answer. Okay. No, I, I actually, that's a good answer. Um, I don't know how much Dennis Gates would upset Kansas fans at the moment. No. Uh, but... But he should work on that. Let's, well, I mean, he's got a pretty good chance this upcoming season if they, when they come to Kansas, when the Jayhawks come to Columbia uh, for the uh, second part of the border war. Obviously, Mizzou uh, didn't fare so well the first time, first time around in Lawrence, but the second time around, it's uh, you never know. I mean, it's different. I don't know if Kansas will uh, have the same level of talent that they had and I, from their national champion team that just won the title what three, four weeks ago, maybe a month ago. Yeah. Uh, but Mizzou is also much, much, much more improved. Uh, how improved? We don't know. Yeah. But um, you can. Uh, there's two more spots to fill. Yeah. So Chris said he was thinking national title. Uh, so um, if you know if they don't win the national title, uh, tweet it, Chris. Right, yeah, at OJK underscore. Uh, please uh, send me all that you got. I love uh, hate tweets. Yeah. If you don't <laughs> like anything I wrote. Uh, tweet at chris that's true. It's his fault that is true uh technically his editor so uh but that i think uh is all we've got for for this edition of the mizzou sports podcast uh from now on uh matt's going to be taking the reins he's going to be coming up with the ideas he's gonna have a lot of fun with this and i hope that you stick around and listen to what he's got because it's gonna be a fun time it's a fun time in the columbia daily tribune we're gonna move on and uh move towards the 2022 football season and we're gonna have a lot of fun yeah yeah thanks guys thanks for listening i'll see you then Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.